speak the charm of make charm of make charm There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy Podcast. Exploring esotericism, tarot, magic, and the occult. I am Reverend Eric. Hello, podcast listeners. Today we have on artist, writer, and publisher Eric Millar, the creator of the Disruption Generator from Outlet Press. This is an interesting sort of book format oracle deck, but it's not really a deck because it's a book, but it could be a deck because, as you know, uh, Alex Boland made a deck out of it, but it's a collection of images. Let's wait for the interview and we'll let Eric Millar who is not me, Eric, but another Eric, we'll let him fill you in on all the details on that. Before we get into that, though, I have a couple of announcements to make. First, I have scheduled, and I'm a little nervous about this, I have scheduled my first live podcast recording. It's going to be on Friday, September 13th. Uh, It will be at Rose City Book Pub, which is a location in Portland that is both a used bookstore and a pub. I know, it sounds perfect, and wait until you see it. It actually is. And it'll be at 7 p.m. on Friday, September 13th. And this is in 2019, just in case you're listening to This Way in the Future. I'm sorry you didn't make it. I hope that this live performance, this live podcast recording goes really well so that I have more so that you do make make it to the next one. So what is a live podcast recording? Well, that's when me and my very special guest sit down in front of a live audience and we record the podcast. It's not going to be broadcast live. It's just going to be recorded live. Sort of like how TV shows used to brag about being recorded in front of a live studio audience. That's what we'll be doing. You will be our studio audience. The event's going to be free. There is a link in the show notes to a uh, sign-up form where you can sign up for emails to get future information about the event as we sort of flesh out the details. We're still early in the planning stages. I've got the venue... We've got the guest. We've got to sort of figure out the rest of it. I just want to make sure that you guys stay in the loop and that you have it on your calendar. I I just want everybody to know that it's totally on purpose that this is happening the day before uh, Rune Soup's As Above event. I figure if I'm going to do a live podcast recording, I have to do it when my audience is in town. My audience is made up of occultists from across the country and maybe the world. I don't know. I think I've got like two listeners outside of the United States. And you guys are important to me. And if I can see all of you when you're in town for this other event, I think that's great. So Friday, September 13th. I really look forward to seeing all of you there. I predict that it's going to be a delightful combination of entertainment and disaster. All right, next, over on Patreon, I have revamped the benefit tiers and my goals so the big changes are at the five dollar tier if you sign up for five dollars a month you can help select upcoming blog posts and podcast subjects and maybe podcast guests depending how that goes so basically every month i will bring a selection of potential blog post topics to the five dollar 
uh, Patreon supporters, and they'll get to vote to see which ones I write about. Next, $30 tier is a tarot reading subscription, which will give you one 30-minute reading every month. And then there's also a $50 tier, which is a tarot reading subscription for one 60-minute reading every month. There's a link to my Patreon page in the show notes of every episode, so you can easily go find that. Please check that out. And here's the one that I think everybody's should be on board with or excited about. When my total Patreon patronage reaches $200 a month, I will pay a guest writer for a guest post on the blog once a month. I know it's not I'm not going to be able to afford to pay them a whole lot, but it's better than $0. I really want to do this because I think it's it helps support the community, it helps to pay content creators, and it's a good encouragement for new writers in the occult community, and we need those all the time. We need more new writers all the time. All right, you guys, you've listened to me ramble on long enough, and I know that you're really here to listen to Eric Millar talk about the disruption generator. So let's get to it. I'm going to start. I'm going to try to do an introduction now without saying um first. All right. Welcome back to the Arnomancy podcast. I am here today with Eric Millar, who is an author and an artist and the creation of uh, the disruption generator, the portable disruption generator, the full-sized mm-hmm. one is like hidden much, in his secret larger. lab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, Eric. Hello. It's good to Eric. meet you. <laughs> I feel like we should probably start this episode with a disclaimer, uh, just so that everybody knows that there really is no Eric conspiracy. That it's yeah. always been a myth. You know, there's mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of Eric's though. There are a lot of Eric's, but there's no conspiracy. It's What is this Eric conspiracy? I'm not sure I know this conspiracy. You know, me neither. I've never heard of it before. Why do you bring it up? <laughs> uh, we are at a, uh, a cafe in Southeast Portland called Beer and Coffee, or Beer Plus Coffee, or maybe Coffee Plus Beer. I think it was just Beer Coffee. I don't know. Over there it says Coffee Beer. Coffee Beer. Oh, my God. Well, anyhow, whatever so it is, it's a cool little place, right? Like yeah. they, they serve coffee and they serve beer and they keep it pretty simple. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about your disruption generator mm-hmm. and other stuff. Let's start with your weird origin story. What bit you? What bit me? Yeah. Like a radioactive, did a radioactive generator bite you? No, nah, maybe a radioactive pen yeah. stabbed me in the leg one day. So you've been just, you've been doing like art like crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Art, I, uh. I published my first book f- six years ago. I keep saying four, but it's six. Delicious. Delicious. But I think it was six years ago. Yeah? I published my first book, and I'm 24 books in now. How? So, do you sleep? A little. <laughs> Especially now that i got a two-year-old, I sleep even less. So. All right, and, and this is all through Outlet Press. Yes. It's basically you. You're, that is completely you're, you're making the art. You're, yep. you're writing the storylines. Oh, yeah. you know, a lot of your stuff is sort of graphic novel. Yeah, form. yeah. Most of it's kind of like graphic novel. Some of it's like storybooks. Some of it's just art books. I've got a couple that are just text. Yeah. So you're, you're, so you're writing the books, you're designing the books, you're editing the books, and you're publishing the books. Yep. And they actually look good. And I am self-taught. And you're self-taught. Uh, I feel like this is a this is like a unique thing in the world. 
I would think so. I yeah. would think so. My my biggest pet peeve. I mean, I I think self publishing is incredible, and I think that the power that it gives to uh, independent creators is super amazing. But I also think that um, that with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. A lot of a lot of self published stuff it does not look design. good. Oh man, people who don't get editors. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, see, like, I don't usually have an editor, but I also go over my stuff with a fine-tooth comb, like, a million times before I put it out. But but the, the ability to do that is, like, one in a million. And yeah. nobody should assume that they know how to do that. Yeah. Okay. I, no. I will vouch for you right now <laughs> and say that uh, the stuff of yours that I've read, um, the editing errors are about the same number of editing errors as you find in a book that's got an independent editor. But, yeah. But... I've never seen that before, or very rarely have I seen that before in somebody who's self-published. So, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. I would like to toast to you. Toast. Well, cheers. Good job. Thank you. Um, uh, so, how did you how did you sort of figure out how to do everything? Like, what... A lot of trial and error. Did you fuck up a lot at first? Oh, God, yes. My, was... my first two books aren't even under my name. <laughs> and, and I put them out of print, like... Five, six years ago They're not even under my name And you cannot find them anywhere Which is good Because they were terrible <laughs> Stephen J. King <laughs> Yeah, yeah Well, well Yeah, I, I, I can I, imagine I can reveal it here my, my name was Emil R Emil R Emil R I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look that guy up. Um, so, uh, so all right. So I read. I read a little bit of your graphic novel stuff. Like you sent me mm-hmm. some of your things. Like the the coyote one was yeah. probably the most striking and the most sort of like. Yeah, everybody's falling in love with that one. That one, that one's getting a second life right now. Is it in print? Oh yes. Oh, well, yes. I'm putting a link to that in the show notes. All right. All right. And I'm just gonna tell people what I remember about it because I, I read it a couple weeks ago. But it's basically like, what happens to Wiley Coyote after he falls off a cliff? Mm-hmm. Or after he blows himself up. Yep. And and it's it's fascinating. Like it's totally like it's weird chaos magic shit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I, I call it my uh, Looney Tunes book of the dead. It is a Looney Tunes book of the dead. It's a Looney Tunes book of the dead. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. I feel like it's one of those things that people need to read and yeah. be really shocked by the first time they go through it. But um, yeah, like like I said, that thing is getting a real second life right now because I published that like four <laughs> years ago. Really. And- I haven't sold a copy in probably three years. Well, it's tough to. Yeah, how do you how do you uh, how do you publicize your stuff? I I have Instagram. That's it. That's it, dude. I uh, I just recently started actually being a little a little bit more public about everything. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're doing podcasts now. Yeah, uh, that's I am pretty too. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you've you've already been on um, on uh, Prag Magic, Prag Magic, and the Alex Cast. Yep. Uh, which are the other two legs of the Portland yeah. Weird Podcast Triangle. Well, I had to get the triangle. Yeah, yeah. so this is finishing <laughs> it off. I feel like I'm always sort of the last stop. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Well, you, uh, you were the first one I scheduled. Yeah, but, you know, now I'm, now that I'm all, like, trying to be organized and shit, you can schedule stuff a long ways out. It's true. It's true. Okay, so I, I really want to I really want to get into this. Um, <laughs> tell me, so the disruption generator... Yeah. What's your elevator pitch for it? Do you have an elevator it, pitch? It is a fully randomized bibliomantic oracle. Okay. So it's basically like I'm I'm gonna try to like I'm gonna try to walk through this as somebody like let's say I'm an artist mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm gonna make a tarot deck. So mm-hmm. you got to make a tarot deck and you already have a framework ahead of you. You know, you've mm-hmm. got you've got the suits, you've got the 
the face cards, you got the aces, you got the major arcana, like everything is sort of laid out. You mm. know, you have a set that yeah, you know you what know. to do. Right. So then you can go beyond that and be like, I want to make an oracle deck. So you go out and you find like a theme. You know, I'm mm. going to make the. Um, the, the, the Hello Kitty Tarot. The Hello Kitty Oracle, or <laughs> yeah. or the, uh, I don't know, the Traffic Sign Oracle, mm-hmm. or something of that nature. And so you go out, and you still have a theme, and maybe you'll be able to plan it out ahead of time, but you yeah. kind of have, like, a, you know, various individual bits of a, you know, you need to have a complete message that you want to do. Yeah. But you have 120, 120. images in here, mm-hmm. and they were all generated randomly? Yes. How... how w- w- Okay, tell me, tell me how that <laughs> happened. Um, I uh, Keats Ross was starting to try to get people into We the Hollowed, and I really didn't have any ideas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what if I just did like a random word generator thing? So and I just, just do a drawing a day, and I just went from there. Basically, I drew a frame one day at work, and uh-huh. I, it took me about five minutes to think of it. So, uh, what random word generator did you use? It was the first one on Google. So you totally just went to the first random word generator on Google and started randomly generating... Did you do them all at once? No, no. I did them one at a time. Did you ever get duplicates? Every once in a while. Every and once in a while. You... It was a very small dictionary. <laughs> uh, so so you would go... So you... Well, that's fascinating because that means that your... Your random selection of words. Like, we have no idea how the randomness worked or how or where yeah. it came from. It's just sort of like... It's fully random. <laughs> um, and the weirdest thing is, is it actually works. <laughs> it shouldn't. Like, on the face of it, it should not well, work. Well, why shouldn't it? Like, let's look at how divination works, first of all. How do you think divination works? I suppose that is pretty random. It's just kind of... Is it random? I mean, one wonders if there's randomness to the universe. Yeah, true, true. And so, like, is this just a very... Is this a metaphor for the randomness in the universe? Like, you basically had this idea, you went and tried to randomize stuff as much as possible. Yeah. Like, you're layering... It's... I'm I'm having... I'm having one of those moments where I'm sort of like, this is going to be meta. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's a pretty meta idea. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the real origin of it was, like, basically, like, I was a big fan of William S. Burroughs mm-hmm. and a big fan of, like... Oh, like the cut-up technique? Yeah, cut-up technique, and I really got into Dadaists for a while and mm-hmm. surrealist poetry, which is just basically, like, randomized words. They would, they would throw words in a bowl, and that would be their poetry. And, and I just applied it to an oracle. Okay, I'm gonna... and, and then I took it out of the cards and made it into a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to describe what this kind of looks like. I'm going to—I just opened up to the agenda page, which means that it's the word agenda, not that mm-hmm. there's like a page at the beginning. It's like yeah. here's the agenda of the book. Um, so you've got a frame. Uh, you, you, first of all, you have the word and big type at the bottom. You have sort of a frame around a, a fairly a simple piece of art. Like, you, did you do these once at one a day? Yeah, sometimes two. Yeah. And uh, and around the edge, it kind of looks like a cellular... Ma- it, it sort of makes me think of, um, like, a, 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 a side view of, like, a layer of skin mm. at the cellular level mm. where you've got, like, globs of stuff sort of gooping around. And in the middle of the artwork. And the agenda picture in particular is, like, this sinister figure who's slowly pulling off this smiley face mask. <laughs> And, you know, I've been in a lot of meetings. I've yeah. seen a lot of agendas in my life. 
Yeah, that's usually what an agenda that's is. That's accurate. <laughs> so how do you use it? What's the technique? Um, the basic technique is you just shuffle through the pages. Uh-huh. And whatever you land on is your component. Binding. I just I just pulled binding. Yeah, binding. Uh, held together, an unavoidable obligation. Oh yeah, like this uh, particular yeah, podcast yeah, meeting. Exactly. There's no way to get out of this once yeah, you agreed. Yeah, I was bound to it. <laughs> um, this is amazing. Um, but you also brought dice, right? So you have like I a did. method that you I did think we can I, use with dice. Yes, because everything has a number. Right. Because I actually in the beginning it has oh, a right table with with uh, numeric values for every. Every card. Okay. Or component. I'm, uh, I'm trying to get out of the habit of calling them cards because they're not cards. They're pages, they're pages in, a book. in a book. Are you also going to publish a deck? Uh, not planning on it. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm trying because to... Alex made a deck. He did. He did. And it is a great deck. Yeah. But, like, I always imagined this as a book. Really? Because, because they're... Do you know of any bibliomantic oracles? Like, any book-based oracles anywhere? Well, there's the Bible code. Well, yeah, but that's not intended to be. That's true, that's true. This could be something you could just carry around. Oh, I just got cheerful. I feel cheerful. Yeah. Although, that picture. <laughs> are, you, are you doing okay? I, uh, I'm not really good at drawing happy. Something <laughs> could be very happy and I just make it look menacing. Would you call it a, a mechanism that can both keep you upright and hold you back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crutch number 30. <laughs> Okay, so uh, how, how would we use the dice? So we have a 12-sided dice and a 10-sided dice. Since uh-huh. there's 120, you can take the 12-sided dice okay, and do the first two digits. So it would be like... subtract one, though. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Well, let's do it. What do you got? So. Well, that's going to go for a while. Yeah. Four. Four. So three, 30-something. Thirty-seven branch. It's twenty-seven. Thirty-seven. Oh, you're doing fine. You've got tons of. <laughs> I'm oh, just trying wait, not maybe. to hit anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Component thirty-seven. Branch. A path with many destinations and offshoots. The splitting of focus into many ideas, reaching out in new directions. This. I feel. What, what minute are we at? Sixteen. That's about where all of my podcast episodes go. <laughs> like I said, it works for something that is so completely random. And like I honestly, I, I I wish I could say I put a ton of thought in the design of it. But when I started, it became something much bigger as I went on. Like it kind of like revealed itself to me. So I'm just going to read some of the titles here. Like some of the components we've. Uh, 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 blindfold. I mean, they're they're so disconnected. Sixty three is ox. Yes. What? Like, how is that? Well, there's also blueberry. There's also astronaut, which I feel like is pretty. Relevant. That's one of my favorite ones. That's one of my favorite I'm just ones. Just gonna turn to that one and see astronaut. Nice art. Thank you. Uh, explorer of the unknown, traveler through space, lacking the tether of gravity. Uh, and where did you get the descriptions? I wrote those. Oh, really? That's <laughs> cool. I was thinking you just sort of pulled them right out of the. I some are mostly pulled out of the dictionary, but like I kind of had to massage a lot right. of the words into being something that was 
oracular. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because ox, like we're, like I was just making fun of, uh, you have the beast that pulls the plow, labor and endurance. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you kind of have... At first, I wanted to sort of think that it was going to be compared to the strength card in, in like, yeah. traditional tarot. But, uh, but the ox is nothing like the strength card. It's totally yeah. only the strong part of it. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so then... You should get another beer, huh? No, I gotta drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I should get coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what if we had a more complicated question? Like, um, the original design that I had for it was as a, a diary, as a framework, as a diary yeah. to, to read for yourself. Okay. Like, originally, I didn't really think of it as something you would read for other people. Uh huh. So the uh, the design was going to be that you do like a it basically be like the basic three card draw of a tarot deck. Yeah. Where you'd pick three components. Uh huh. And you just do like a three card structure, like you know, uh, past, present, future, uh-huh. like all those various things. Okay. And you just pick three, just like a tarot deck. So let's try that. I'm gonna right. here. I'm gonna try it. Why don't you? I'm gonna roll the dice. All right. Let's just do a reading. You know, I um, uh, I the, this podcast, this new podcast that I'm mm-hmm. doing, is sort of in its infancy, and I wanted to sort of figure out like, where's it going to go? What sort of changes should I make? How much creative wobbliness should I allow into my mm-hmm. planning and stuff? So let's find out. All right. Three rolls. Yeah. You want to do past, present, future? Yeah. Let's do past, sort of relating to the old podcast, mm-hmm. present relating to where I am now, and future based on where the future is going. All right. Okay, here we go. So that would be 17. 17. Let's see. 17 is healing. Healing. That's the past card. That's the past component. Oh, I saw that one when I was flipping through it earlier. It's like a wound that's gashed open and stitching. It's uh, to mend, to stitch or re-stitch the process of betterment. Okay, healing. Healing. Process of betterment. So maybe, you know, this is the form of healing of your previous podcast. Maybe this is... All right. But, I mean, it wasn't broken. It wasn't broken. Yeah, I mean, my my main feeling in this change was uh, that I wanted to have um, a level of creative control that would allow me to kind of, like... Yeah. Branch out without feeling like I was stepping on anybody's toes. Right. Well, yeah, you had partners on your old show. Yeah. They were just over there. In a way, maybe it's like those parts were severed from you, and you're yeah. healing to be one. Oh, that's very wise. <laughs> you must be a parent. I am. <laughs> okay. Present. Uh, 107. Why are we getting so many sevens? Does this I don't only know. roll sevens? Maybe. I really should put the numbers on the actual... Oh, it did, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're in there. I made the book and I didn't even notice I put them there. <laughs> Cunning. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sly, deceitful, a willingness to use subterfuge and trickery to manipulate others towards a goal. Oh, you're trying to trick people with this thing, huh? Well, I mean, honestly, that's kind of a description of marketing, isn't it? True. Very true. And there's no way to get internet traffic without marketing of some sort. Yeah, and I mean, this is a rebrand based on of like yeah. unifying your names. It is. There's a there's totally a ton of cunning in there. Well, look at that. 
Okay. All right. And now the future. Come on, give me something good. Big money. So 86. 86. This one's going to suck. It's going to be like maggots. Well, there, there's actually... Bacteria. There's no really bad cards, except oh, come for on. Crater. Crater, uh-oh. The Remnants of Cataclysm and Impact, Scarred Earth. That's my future? <laughs> oh, no. Maybe this is... Maybe the Crater is the previous podcast, is the Scarred Earth. And you're going to be moving forward. You're just trying to make me feel better now. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, but let's, let's say, like, Crater is Scarred Earth. Like, what... I mean, that's a pretty brutal card. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, well, I mean, I guess that's something to avoid. Yeah, yeah, but More, I mean, in, in a weird way, like, having the new show based off of the old show is the remnants of a cataclysm. I guess that's true. I mean, it is sort of a, a rebirth sort of thing, right? So yeah. I guess that could be it. Yeah. Although, man, that's a dark That's a dark reading. That's a very dark reading. It is, it is. You, that is actually the darkest reading I've had. Anybody have. I, I I guess this is probably the right time to announce that this podcast is going full goth. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's let's do another one. Let me uh, you, right. you ask a question. I'll. Uh... Oh, let's see. Hmm. I I really don't know what to ask. I think I'm too close to it. Well, distance <laughs> yourself a little bit. Ask for ask for somebody else. Okay. How about the future of this business? Okay, the future of coffee beer. Okay. So. 119. Oh, 119. Oof. It's way near the end. No, that's you started that's, to run out. Yeah. That's actually not a good one, too. I know exactly which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> Wasp. A dangerous pollinator. Aggressive when threatened or desperate. Can either be social or independent, but never both. I don't know how that would apply to a coffee beer shop. Well, actually, so this is the past one, right? Yeah. So this place is very new. It's sort of been injected into this neighborhood. So this idea of uh, either be social or independent, but never both. Like, think of the fact that it's coffee and beer. Yeah. Like, coffee, people go to coffee shops to study and be independent. But people go to drink beer to be social. Wow. So is it a warning? Is it a warning saying, like... You can't be both. But this is the past card, right? Yeah. What was this before? I don't know. Just some... Maybe it was a, a private building announced. It might have been a private building. Who knows what it was before? Yeah. Uh, all I know is that everything around here is changing all the time, so it's really hard to say. We, yeah. Yeah, but but uh, maybe it's sort of saying, like, that's the assumption that people had before yeah. this. Maybe or, the wasp is... Or the building is a pollinator. Oh, yeah. 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 Are wasps pollinators? Yeah, as far as I know. All right, that's cool. I mean, you read the book. Yeah. Okay. I got that one from Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Present. 30, 10. 38. 38. 30, 10. That's a 10-sider. 30, 10. Well, it'd be 40. Uh, Whisper. To speak quietly. An unassuming presence. Voices barely heard. It's a new business. It's a new business, and you know what? Nobody knows about it except for people who like live in the neighborhood. So wow, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Zero five. five. Number five. Wow, one of the first a, ones you did. Yeah, we got the two extremes in this one. Oof. Oh 
harm. Oh, God. <laughs> Injure, gouge, to cut or damage. Changing the situation by force. So they're changing the neighborhood by force. <laughs> it's a, Is that a gentrification reading? It could be. It could be. I mean... I, I'm excited to have something like this in the neighborhood, but at the same time, it definitely changes the way the neighborhood works. It's going to, you know, it could potentially increase the traffic along 42nd Avenue. Exactly. It could increase the property value of, business, of places around it. Mm-hmm. It could raise the rent on businesses here. I yeah. guess that could be a that level be, of harm. That could be a level of harm. From whisper to harm. Wow. So that's kind of intense that is very intense your disruption generator is generating disruption yeah yeah it fits the title it fits the title (laughs) um so after going through this this so how long did this take you uh i've been working on it for six months six months yes you got all this done in six months i actually got it all done in four months this does but like the last two months have been kind of getting it ready to like finishing it up i just want you to remember that this is a a fact podcast and not a fiction <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I work really fast. Yeah. I work really, really, really fast. Damn, that's really impressive. Um, but, and how did you feel when you were doing it? Did you run into any weird experiences while you were going through this? There's been a lot of synchronicities. Like the yeah. daily the daily like releases I was doing, because uh-huh. I, I serialized it on the Wheel of Hollow webpage. Yeah, yeah. Every I, day, and five it, days it a week, like, Monday through Friday. every day. Yeah. And yeah. I got... Even just from Keats, uh, who runs We the Hollow, mm-hmm. like every few days he'd be like, "That that hit my day right on the head." Really? Yeah. And, and like, I there's a guy in Australia named Christian mm-hmm. who was like, "Do you need anything?" I think we're doing good. We're good. Thank Thanks. you. <laughs> um, the guy in Australia, he uh, yeah, he started messaging me, and told me that it was like spot on for him. Like he was using it as like a meditation technique for the day and stuff. Huh. But like. Yeah, yeah, there were there were definitely times where like a lot of synchronicity kind of came together. Weird. Um, and uh, and when you finished, what mm-hmm. did that feel like? Felt weird. Yeah. It, 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 this has been an unusual project for me. Yeah. I, I don't usually have this much uh, attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have you ever studied any sort of like chaos magic stuff or anything like I have, that? I have. So would you would you sort of uh, put this in the realm of some sort of like hyper sigil or oh, some sort of yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I've done a couple of those now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are some other examples of hyper? Well, you don't have to. If there, you can abstract a little bit. You don't have well, to give us the intimate details. Well, my last book was basically like a hyper sigil. Also, yeah. that uh-huh. one was called uh, Poison Trail. It was yeah. a graphic novel about ants. That's amazing. Did you send that one to me? I might have. <sighs> I could send it to you, though. Well, I, I mean... Should, I should have brought a copy with me. I have a ton of copies. Oh, no, all. no. I mean, it's it's cool. You might have sent it to me. I Yeah, but it's uh, it's uh, 100 and 180 pages. Wow. Like, For a graphic novel? Well, it's one, <laughs> one panel per page. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that one only took me five months. That's... That's... Also a little ridiculous. How do you uh, how do you get your uh, output so fast? Do you have like a really nice home studio? No, no, I work in sketchbooks. Sketch well because these look almost like ballpoint pen drawings. They are. They're ballpoint pen. They are. (laughs) Can you just draw something at at will at on a whim? That's what those are. I didn't have any under penciling or anything. 
those are all drawn directly onto the paper with what a pad. What if I asked you to draw something right now? It makes for a really boring podcast. Hey, I can cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess I kind of saw that in the in Coyote also, where you had this. I mean, you, you do such there, there's such this evocative feeling to the way that you um, you use like the like the darkness and the light, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have like the blackest blacks and like these stark whites and these just yeah. sort of like spidery lines that sort of blend them together. Mm-hmm. You know that you're you're cross hatching, like cross hatching isn't a big thing unless it's to be like really really dark. Oh yeah. So you've got these really huge contrasts. Um, and then, and then, huge amounts of negative space sometimes. Oh yeah. Like sometimes negative space is like the main character of a page mm-hmm. in a in a pretty intense way. Did you go to art school at all or anything like that? I did not. You just I just learned it I'm all on your all, own. Everything self taught. Who who have you had any like artistic influences that have helped you a lot? Oh yeah. Um, I'd say a lot of like the hatching and stuff came from 1960s underground comics. Really. Yeah, I, I was really into Robert Crumb when I was younger. Oh yeah, um, until I saw how problematic he was. He was problematic, and then I'm like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have that on the shelf with a two year old in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then a French artist named Mobius. I know Mobius. Yeah, but Mobius is his stuff is it goes all over the place. It does, but a, a lot of his more famous stuff is very. I mean, it's kind of. I guess I kind of, I, I kind of want to describe it as mellow. It's so yeah. pastel-y and everything is blended together and things have such sort of a smooth, easy appearance. Yeah. Is his 60s and 70s stuff? Yeah. Not that way at all. I don't think I've seen any of that. I would love to see some of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, his old stuff for heavy metal, a lot of it came off as very menacing. Yeah? Yeah. Like, he <laughs> seems like he was in a very dark place in the 70s. <laughs> he might have been the only person in a dark place in the 70s. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think or 60s. There was a lot of darkness it's back true, then. It's true, it's true. France might not have been a friendly place back then. No, no, I mean, they had a, they, it, it, yeah, I mean, nobody was friendly in the 60s. Yeah, I it, so. There were people who were high. Yeah. And that's actually a small cross section I've I've yeah. read. Um, so then, uh, <clears throat> so you came across this stuff when you were what, like a teenager? A teenager, and then you just started drawing that way. Yeah, yeah. Originally, it was just like Marvel comics. Like I wanted to. Yeah. Like, my goal when I was a kid was to become a comic book artist. I had that goal for a little while too. I've never been. Uh, art has never been easy enough for me. Like I, yeah. I lose patience really quickly. But, yeah. But your stuff is really quickly done. Mm-hmm. That's because I lose patience really quickly too. But you also have the skill to, <laughs> to still pull it off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been doing it since I was like eight. Right. So yeah, that's really cool. Like I I think at some point in my uh, artistic days, I was like, I just want to do stuff really fast. Yeah. And then uh, I just was bad at it. Yeah. You know, and I kind of lied about your cross hatching. You actually do a really good job with cross hatching. I'm just. Oh. Flipping through here now, I guess what I'm remembering is that image in Coyote of like the eyes, mm. and that was the, the reflecting pool eyes, or just how his eyes are just big his, round goggles. The his entire eyes time. are just big round goggles the entire time, and it's just sort of yeah. it's it's very striking. Um, okay, so then uh, let's talk about the chaos magic stuff. So mm-hmm. you said you you've done other hyper sigils before. Yep. So how did you get into chaos magic? Um. I came into it, I, I mean, I guess I would call it late, but 
I'm not sure if other people would. I think I was about 25, 26 when I started to explore. Uh-huh. What did you find? Um, my first book was the Disinformation Book of Lies. Oh. That was my first book. Okay. I mean, a little bit earlier, I had a friend that had the uh, Satanic Bible by LaVey, and that was yeah. my first, like, occult thing, and I was like... Oh, wow. But, like, so, as, as, like, 14, you're like, ooh, yeah, Satanic yeah. Bible. Right, right. Edgy. Um, <laughs> so when you when you discovered uh, the Disinfo stuff, like, mm-hmm. uh, did you ever watch the TV show or see, like, Grant Morrison's... I didn't get to see that until much later. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, once I hit the Disinfo book, I kind of just, like, went fully in. And you just I, did your own thing. Did my own thing. Like, being in Bemidji, Minnesota, you don't really run oh, into right, a whole Bemidji. lot of occultists. Yeah, I know that So, feeling. like, basically it's become, like, I, I, I don't really, like, attach myself to anything. Uh-huh. So I'm just kind of my own thing. You had to kind of forge your own path. I did. I did. I had no teachers. Yeah. Had no, uh... Well... Had no group. I mean, honestly, uh... Whatever you did worked. Yeah. I mean, this, this is an... I mean, hopefully it didn't totally work, because I don't want to run into a crater here. I don't want to, like, turn yeah. into a crater or anything like that. Well, I mean, I mean, you, you never really know. Exciting. It could be positive too, in some That's way. True. I mean, in some, I can see how, and a lot of the time, um, you know, especially in tarot, like when you come across cards like that, uh, they can indicate some sort of change, which indicates right. uh, eliminating part of your life or eliminating something that's like holding you back. I mean, just the other week, I pulled the ten of swords for myself which is one mm. of the shittiest cards of the deck <laughs> and I was like oh this is gonna suck and it didn't really suck it was just sort yeah. of like you know part of it's sometimes you have to sacrifice ideas sometimes right. you have to get rid of things yeah um, and maybe the creator's about that maybe there's something big I have to get rid of yeah good thing I mean I know in a very real sense there is something that I absolutely have to get rid of out of my house <laughs> which is a giant orange recliner uh, which has a really fascinating story, which I'm going to tell right now because it's my podcast and I can do this. Yes. Uh, okay, so I've got this friend uh, named Clay. Mm-hmm. I've known him. I've known him since I was in junior high. Like we're old, 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 old friends. And he's a super weird musician guy, an amazing man. Uh, and he like introduced me to so much incredible music back then. And we lost touch for a long time and every time we reconnected like neither of us have had lives that have been like idyllic or you know going along in the sort of like American dream style stuff it's always just sort of been like you know we're building a castle on a pile of train wrecks right yeah so uh, after I moved to Portland when I first moved here howdy when I first moved to Portland I didn't have any furniture Mm -hmm. so he gave me this big orange recliner that he'd had since college Mm -hmm. Uh, and this was only this is probably 2011 so that recliner at the time was old because we both were in college in the 90s yeah so it's a hideous thing i don't know if it's like an old lazy boy or whatever but it has that sort of like ridged uh Sort of, oh, the kind of the ripple? Yeah, that ripple sort of stuff where you can, like, yeah. rub it the wrong way and it sort of, like, you can tell. Mm-hmm. But it's so old that it's all rubbed bare in weird places. Like velour. Yeah, yeah. It's like an velour, orange velour. Uh, velour corduroy or something oh. like that. And it is just the most hideous thing. Because it's that 70s orange. Yeah. Like, somebody had it for decades before Clay Right, had it. right. So it's been in my apartment for a long time. And, even, and he gave it to me. He's like... A lot of shitty stuff has happened to this. We called it the captain's chair. You don't want to know the stories. I'm like, all right. But even in my apartment, it's had stories that I'm not ever going to share. Like, yeah. bad things have happened in that chair. 
It's a it's a shitty chair, and it started falling apart. Like now, every time I move it, things fall off of it. Yeah, it's but time for it to go. Then how do you get rid of a chair? How do you get rid of a chair that you like? I don't want to leave it on the curb. Right. Can't throw it in the dumpster because I think that's illegal. It is. It is. So what do I do? What do I do with this chair? It's it's my it, it needs to be a crater. Do you have a yard? No, I'm in oh. an apartment. Because I was gonna say you could just light it on fire in your yard. Oh, I could light it on. I mean, I could light it on fire anywhere. But yeah. what about global warming? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, just remove the foam first. Yeah. And put that in your dumpster because you can throw away foam. Oh, I could, I could reduce it to its component parts. I could crater yeah. it. You could crater it. You could straight up crater that thing. And then just throw away individual pieces. Just yep. A little bit over time. That's, uh, that's what my wife and I had to do with our last bed. We just had a, we had a box spring. We we ripped the uh, cloth off of it, tore it apart, and then we, we threw it away, threw piece, it away by piece, piece by piece, like over a series of weeks. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. <laughs> <sighs> the systemic destruction of a friggin' chair. Yeah. And it's weird how it's illegal to throw away a full chair. But you can throw, you can throw away the over parts. Time. I mean, they all time. end up in the same spot. They do. They're going to probably end up in a pile really close to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's going to be, like, layers of yeah. banana peels and eggshells. Yeah. And... and if it's an evil chair, it's just going to reassemble once it gets there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think the chair is evil. I think the chair is worn out. I, I, yeah. The chair is a comfortable one, right? Like, you sit yeah. in it and you're sort of like, oh, this chair is taking care of me. Why does it smell like yeah. that? Yeah. And yeah. what is that smell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, of course that's not really related to the podcast, <laughs> but it's still definitely a, a thing in my life that needs to be a crater. Right, right. Yeah. This is now my chair podcast. I'm going to only talk about my chair. It's, it's called Lazy Boys. Lazy Boys. <laughs> Dot com, do you think that's taken? <laughs> maybe, maybe not with a Z. Lazy Boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about Lazy Boys to Men? Ooh. <laughs> okay, so back to the disruption generator. I'm sorry. I, I totally I took us on a weird tangent about my chair. Um, what's next? What's next? Um, what's next is a comic book with Alex Bolin. I am very excited about that. Yes. Alex is I such an incredible writer. He is. He is. Uh, he does not get enough credit, and he does not get enough traffic out of his Yeah, he, he does writing. not, and that was, like, one of the biggest reasons I took on, like, designing his newest book. Did you read Periphery? I did. I loved it. Periphery is incredible. Uh, I, I edited his short story collection that's coming out, like, yeah. any day now. And you, I, des- you I designed design it. On it. I designed it. Um, that was so hard to edit, because every time I was like, all right, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to start editing, I mm-hmm. just knew that it was going to make me cry. Oh, yeah, especially, like, especially Book of Lists. Oh, shit. That, 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 that is a heartbreaking oh, story. Yeah. I, I, even, I texted him, I was like, man, you, you made me have the feels on that last one. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think almost every one of his short stories in that collection, mm-hmm. you know, either it made me choke up a little bit. I got a little mm-hmm. misty-eyed. And, yeah. And it was it was uh, but it's incredible like he his ability to invoke emotion. Yeah. Is amazing. And uh yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a really good one. So you're doing a comic book with him. Yes. Yes. That's so cool. I want to yeah. do a comic book. Give me an outline. Okay. We'll see what okay. we can do. I work right. fast. 
Nintendo shit. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. You could be. You could. You could just do comic books for occultists. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that actually. Yeah, there's not. There's not nearly enough just like full blown occult comic books out there. And the ones that are are also like. They're they're all they're this like Alan Moore and Grant Morrison. Yeah, that's it. Like whining at each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point it's whining, yeah. Yeah. Alan Moore had a couple really solid ones though. So did Grant Morrison. Yeah, The Invisibles is a really solidly So the filth was pretty good too. Yeah. But yeah. not as good. Yeah. You know, you hear people Well it's like a good coda to the Invisibles. I really don't agree with that take on it. I feel like the filth makes its own sort of self contained universe. Yeah. Uh, maybe in I a little bit. Yeah. It's it, it sort of there's an intersection with the Invisibles, but it's yeah. not an awesome one. But the Invisibles is a is a great piece of work. It is. It but is. But then you realize that there's a part of the Invisibles that's kind of a reaction to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. And you're sort of like, <laughs> oh, why, why? Like, what the hell is that about? No. Well, I mean, it's. For years, Grant Morrison and Alan Moore have been kind of sniping at each other from the sides. But then it turns out, like, apparently there have been some interviews where they've been like, oh, no, we've been friends the whole time. So they were just doing it yeah. for sales? Yeah, it could be. It could uh, be. Or, wait. or, like, the last thing I read said I that they didn't actually, like... generator thing for this. Let's <laughs> see if it's real. So, 52. 52. If it's conversation, I'm just going to... Eliminate <laughs> to strike out removal destruction. So they're trying to destroy each other. That could be. <laughs> They're having a wizard war. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess you heard it here first. Yeah. Well, I know. Uh, the last interview I read, they both basically said, "Yeah, more more than anything, I just don't care." Yeah. There's not not really a rivalry. It's like the comic press. It's like making it sound like a rivalry. Yeah. So then we do need good magic comics. We do. We need we, do. we need magicians and occultists to. We really do to get out there and make yeah. good and comics. I mean, I would not mind filling that that niche. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you and Alex come no. up with. Um, I trust Alex's writing a lot, and um, and your art and your your the graphic novels that I've seen have been really amazing. Yeah. So seeing how the two of you work together, I think is going to be an awesome litmus test. Oh yeah. So that's really exciting. Do you have a timeline on it? Um, not not really. Um, I've just started really getting to work on it uh-huh. because this has taken up the disruption generator has taken up a lot of time. This is a beautiful little book too. So this is independently published. Yep. Yep. You can um, go through Amazon. You can in, you can publish through Amazon. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, anyhow, it's gorgeous and it's pink, mm-hmm. which is cool. But yeah, it looks really nice. I'm going to carry this with me. I'm going to use it for divination, and I'll tell you. All right, yeah, How get, it yeah, works out. Give me results. I will. I'm, I'm hoping for results. I want people to give me results. I will. I'll make sure that you've got some results so that when you do disruption generator V2, which is what, yeah. like, what are you going to call it? Probably V2. <laughs> <laughs> the reassemblinator. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to using this. And uh, the, the hardcover. I don't. Oh shit! Let's talk the, about the hardcover. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's just. We we're gonna need to make some space. This thing is oh. enormous. Yeah, the gigantic, two and a half times oh the size God. hardcover. Uh, I'm gonna try to describe this for the podcast. 
So it's big. It's folio sized, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's about the size of like office paper. Yeah, it's huge. And the pages are gigantic. And you've got these additional elements. The the, the there's yeah. there's more stuff happening in here. Yeah, I tried to do a little bit more design, give like each page basically like uh almost like sigil work for every component. Eating. <laughs> Creep. But, and sometimes I made the, the components a little or like yeah, the, the yeah. extra things fit the component. Yeah, that's awesome. My uh, my favorite the the line work is my favorite one is uh this one's subtle. It's two lines that become one uh-huh. for filter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, droppings is my favorite one. What number is droppings? Oh, hold on. Let's see. I can't remember. Uh, there it was. Probably should have a table of contents in there. This is a table of contents. Droppings. Number 70. 70. Alright, we're going to number 70. This is gorgeous. This is so amazing. Are you going to get it... Uh, is there anything you would change about this printing? Like, um, The only thing I would love is thicker paper. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Because there's so much black on the Yeah, the black kind of made, made the page a little wonky. Yeah. But yeah, if you notice, the line is just a person that looks like they're... <laughs> it looks like it's somebody leaving droppings. Yep. To push out that which is no longer needed. The breadcrumb trail of waste and affluence... Yep, those are droppings. Yep, those are uh, those are actually cat turds. You just <laughs> drawn out of a litter box. <laughs> Some morning, you're yeah. like, oh my god, that's my word. Yeah, yeah, I just looked right in the litter box. <laughs> like, I actually, those were actually the cat turds for the day. Wow, those are <laughs> they are oracular turds. Yep, yep. This means something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had to oh. pick them out of there. It's like reading tea leaves. Yeah. <laughs> wow this is great if yeah I think if you got a little bit thicker paper yeah this would be amazing but you probably can't do that through Amazon huh no no this one I actually had to do this through uh, Lulu oh because Amazon doesn't do hardcover oh so then what's your next step here um I don't know as, as far as I'm concerned this thing is pretty well wrapped up really yeah. Yeah. Once the uh, this the pre-sale for the hardcover ends at the end of July, and then the hardcover is going out of print forever. Really? Really. So it's just a one-off. Just a one-off. So whoever buys it between now and the end of July will be the only people that own the hardcovers. Ever. Wow. <laughs> and I have sold three. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll put, there's a link in the show notes, listeners. Yep. There's a link in the show notes. Yep. It's fifty or until the date comes okay wow it's gorgeous it's huge and yeah it's like an entire package um if you get it you get a uh, personalized reading with a card deck that alex printed Uh uh-huh his first off it wasn't the complete deck it was uh the first 80 (laughs) so i'm using that to do a reading and then i handwrite a personalized reading for you Mm-hmm. And what's up to absurdities? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about 80. where it ends. Oh, we've got uh, Alpha and Tau. 
Yep. Instead of lines, I use letters. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. This is great. Man, I'm. this is just amazing. I... Drinking, but I am gonna close the register. So, do you want anything? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? Cool. I'm gonna get a coffee, a black coffee. Yeah. Just plain black coffee. Oh, we're here. Uh, sure. sure. Oh, I'll take one too then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay up a little late tonight. That's all right. <laughs> I don't really sleep that much, anyways. Yeah, no shit. You gotta. You probably have a, like ten pages to draw tonight. I'm taking a break right now. I'm, yeah. on, I'm on a break right now. I, uh, I've been working solidly for four years. <laughs> your your level of output is is really incredible. Um, yeah, I don't. I guess. All right. So, what did we what did we not talk about? Hold on. We, we're doing we're doing good on time. So, what, all right. What other things should we discuss? Um. Let's see. We've kind of talked about my other books. Uh-huh. Uh, you read Coyote, right? Yeah. Uh, what other ones did you get a chance to read? I know I flipped through a couple, or I, I paged through a couple of them, uh, but Coyote was the one that really, really caught my attention. Yeah. And I had meant to do to read more of them this week, but... Yeah. Well, and I've, the other problem is is that the PDFs, like, they're really meant to be read on paper. Like, all of them are designed to be read on paper. And that's the problem I have, too. Like, I, I hate reading... I hate reading PDFs. I do, too. I do too. Uh, I do it when I have to, yeah. but when it's like art stuff. Oh I, yeah. I, although I will say, I read the entire run of uh, Hellblazer in on my computer screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to really track all that down. <laughs> I have it. Yeah. If you want it, it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I'll cut that out of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really hard to read uh, a lot of stuff on the computer screen. One and a half. Oh, cool. I'll well, take thank the you. half. Sure. Thank you. There's that, and there's your card. Thank you. I just need your signature. All right. I like these mugs. Right? They're the perfect. The diner mugs are the best. They are. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you so much. Let me know if you guys need anything. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, it's got a good flavor to it, too. It smells amazing. Yeah. That's not just plain old black coffee. It's got like a, like a berry flavor to it. Well, coffee is a berry. It is? Hell yeah, it is. That was a bean. Well, the bean's on the inside of the berry. Oh. I should probably read up more on uh, <laughs> horticulture. <laughs> <laughs> the whole graphic novel in coffee. <laughs> oh, shit, there probably is one. There probably is one. Novel. There probably is one. There's graphic novels on everything. Yeah. Basically, that's the weirdest thing about the American market of comics is that America, comics are all superheroes. You go to Japan... They have comics about everything. They have baseball comics. They have wrestling comics. Well, I mean, but, you know, I mean, to be fair to the American market, uh, it's just that 99% of the comics are about superheroes. There's still, like, you know, there's history comics, there's classics illustrated, there's, um, you know, what about, like, history of the world? Yeah, true. Uh, There's, 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 oops, I was just totally, yeah, I'm just going to smack the microphone a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> um, but there, there's a totally there, there's a there's a market for comics that aren't about superheroes. It's yeah, just incredibly yeah. tiny. Yeah, and I, I blame that on the Comics Code Authority from back in the uh, 1950s. Censorship I think. is never a good idea. It, it isn't like that's the reason why like Europe and Japan their comic markets are so wide-reaching. It's because they've had a hundred years 
to make yeah. comics about everything. We've had 50. Yeah. Well, less, because we were making comics, and the Comics Code Authority... Yeah, just destroyed it. Yeah. They really did. That's a really good... It's, it's why Mad Magazine became a magazine instead of a comic book. Uh-huh. You started out as a comic, and they became a magazine to go around the Comic Code Authority. Oh, I didn't know that. Um... Yeah, because they had a lot of really raunchy stuff in their magazines. Oh, they did. They did. They've gotten really, uh... They, they, they've toned down over the years. Well, I mean, Playboy apparently doesn't have naked ladies in it anymore, either. I think they went back because their sales tanked. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. Like, Well, yeah, of course your sales are going to tank if, the, if, if you cut out the one thing that everybody's there for. Yeah, but I mean, who, who needs to go to Playboy to get naked ladies? Oh, yeah, yeah, Google. You can yeah, Google it naked be, lady. It must be like the majority of their audience is like baby boomers. Yeah. Who don't know how to Google naked lady. Well, I mean, I think, like, especially for people our age, I think all of our parents or, like, all of our dads had Playboy subscriptions that they hid. Yeah, mine might have, but I... Never I found it? Never found it. Yeah, I found my dad's. Yeah? <laughs> it's like a, tucked under the bed. <laughs> so, other Eric. Eric with a C. Mm-hmm. The lesser Eric. <laughs> well... I mean, you're, you're sitting on a lower bench. It's true, it's true. <laughs> um, where can the listeners find you on the internet? I am on outletpress.com. Uh-huh. Uh, the Disruption Generator can be found on disruptiongenerator.com. Okay, that's super confusing. I don't know how anybody's ever going to find that. I know, right? Um, I have Outlet Press on Instagram. Okay. And that's about it. My, okay. Uh, my... Facebook profile is still technically private, but I basically take any friend requests I'm sent. Okay. <laughs> Unless you're a Russian bot. Uh, all right, so outletpress.com, disruptiongenerator.com, mm-hmm. outletpress on Instagram. All right. And then I'm on Amazon. All my books are available through Amazon. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is awesome. The disruption generator, the disruption gen- generator looks incredible, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to playing with it more. And figuring out how to dodge that fucking crater. There are worse ones. <laughs> uh, There's I, a guillotine in there, too. Well, you know, I'm sure that there are worse ones, but yeah. I got the crater. Yeah, every oracle needs to have negative things. Yeah, Everything but... Everything can't be positive. That's a good point. That's a good point. And, and and part of it is just sort of figuring out what the crater is talking about. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe there's something that I haven't figured out yet. Yeah, or maybe it's your chair. Maybe it is my chair. That fucking chair. Well, <laughs> death to the orange chair. Hey there, Arnim This is Alex from the Alex Cast, and I want to tell you that I have a brand new book out called The Terravada Machine and Other Stories. It is available on Amazon.com, so if you go to Amazon and search for Alex Boland, Alex for two X's, or you go to AlexBoland.com, A-L-E-X-X-B-O-L-L-E-N, or you can pop over to the Alex Cast and listen to Eric and I talk about it, which happened on the last episode. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Arnamancy Podcast. You can find me online at arnamancy.com, where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnamancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just $1 a month through Patreon at patreon.com slash arnamancy.com.